Welcome to Immigration Nerds. Today, attorney John Sherry explains the process of receiving dual citizenship. He sheds light on this often overlooked possibility, the possibility to tie identity not only to one's blood, but to the very land. I'm Ian Gaines. Come join us Beyond Borders. Today's topic is dual citizenship. Yes. Um, can you give us a little bit of your personal background in dual citizenship? Sure. Uh, I work here at EIG as what's called an NIV attorney, which means I help people come to the United States on non-immigrant visas to work. But in a previous life, uh, I was dedicated mostly, you know, from the age of 18, I've been working in foreign embassies to dealing with some citizenship and visa issues for countries that were not the United States. And I came to this kind of logically because I myself um, am the child of an American citizen and an Irish citizen, and I was born in Canada. So basically, by virtue of all of that, uh, from when I was born, I was a citizen of all three of those countries. And... As an adult, I've been able to exploit that fact to my advantage and use the opportunities that are involved in being a dual citizen uh, to work and live overseas for many years. Um, mm. That's why this is a topic that's sort of near and dear to my heart, and it's one I wanted to talk about on a podcast because there are, I believe, quite a lot of Americans who are entitled to entitled rather to dual citizenship by descent and may not be aware of it. So what we wanted to do today in having this discussion is to sort of raise awareness of the issue, uh, get it on people's radar if potentially you had a parent or a grandparent that was born in a country that's not the United States, that mm. you either may already be a dual citizen or you may be entitled to dual citizenship. And if so, that you should speak with us about the implications of that and whether it would be a good idea for you going forward to claim it or not. There's mm -hmm. a lot there's a lot of pros to this. There's a lot of, you know, good aspects to being a, a citizen of more than one country at the same time. You just need to make sure that it's done in the most intelligent way and that you're thinking of all of the legal implications that are involved in it if you want to claim dual citizenship for yourself. Okay, thank you. Um, well, let's start at the beginning. Can you give us a conception of what dual citizenship is and what that means? Yeah, dual citizenship is just, it's the concept is as easy as just understanding that you're being a citizen of more than one country at the same time. Uh, mm. And this is something that historically was sort of discouraged in law because it creates a kind of gray area that the law never really likes gray areas. They want you to be one thing or the other. Uh, as time has evolved uh, and people have, you know, moved more frequently across the world, a scheme by which somebody could be a citizen of more than one country at the same time has just been, it's developed now as a sort of necessity for people whose circumstances dictate that they're actually not just attached to America or a foreign country, they might be attached to two at the same time. Mm -hmm. So the concept uh, of citizenship itself is either typically based on one of two notions, one being just solus and one being just sanguinis. These are easily defined as the law of the land versus law of blood. And to put it simply, uh, just solus is the scheme that's observed by most countries in the New World, so the United States, Canada, Mexico, countries in South America, 
whereby it's determined that you are a citizen of that country if you happen to have been born there. This, for instance, is controversial, but it's also enshrined in the United States Constitution. This, however, is not the type of citizenship uh, derivation that is mostly observed in, let's say, countries in Europe or Africa or Asia, the so-called, you know, quote-unquote, old world. In those countries, your citizenship is determined by who your parents are and what countries they're a citizen of. This is why in a place like Germany, you could have a large Turkish population that's lived in the country for a very long time. People may have been born there to Turkish citizens, and yet they are not uh, necessarily German citizens because their citizenship is derived from their parents. So the reason we talk about these two concepts is that dual citizenship in the context that it comes up for most Americans is where there's a nexus between these two concepts, as in, you may be born in the United States and therefore uh, an American citizen by virtue of that, and yet at the same time, you may by descent be a citizen of another country as well because your parent or your grandparent is from there. And what I want to give a brief overview on today is the intersection of what the rights and responsibilities are when those two schemes meet, and how do you go about exploiting them to your advantage in the smartest way possible. Is, is it just parents or maybe grandparents? How far back does that go? So it depends. Uh, the citizenship by descent is something that's very much determined by uh, a couple things. It's determined by generation, and it's determined by. I think of it as like breaking a breaking the like link in the chain. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, the notion, for instance, in a country like, let's say, for instance, and this is close to my own experience, we'll talk about Ireland, let's say, and their okay. uh, citizenship rights there. Ireland traditionally had a pretty permissive um, citizenship regime, and it was related to the fact, one, that the island is uh, in many ways considered a you know divided country. There's uh, claims you know, part of Ireland's in the UK, and there was citizenship extended to people in the Northern Ireland on the same basis that people in the Republic of Ireland had it for political reasons. But also the citizenship uh, scheme was interpreted broadly to afford for influence from a very, very large diaspora. So Ireland's one of the few countries where there are many more Irish people that live outside of Ireland than actually live in it. Mm -hmm. In this way, by allowing citizenship by descent in a fairly permissive way, Ireland set up set up a structure essentially in which the children of Irish people living abroad and even the grandchildren of Irish living abroad would still have a link back to their homeland and would still be able to either move there at a later point or retain a level of influence that wouldn't be entitled to them if they weren't actually citizens. So that's one example of a, of a country that allows uh, citizenship by descent down to grandchildren. There are other countries that don't allow citizenship by descent at all. There are other countries that would allow it unless you are automatically a citizen of another nation in advance, at which point it would kind of break the link in the chain. So all different countries view view this somewhat differently. Um, so th there must be, uh, let's keep with the example of Ireland, uh, there must be some sort of legal implications that come into effect if you have citizenship here in America, in Ireland, how would that work out? Absolutely. So. If you were, if you were, say, for instance, an American and you found out about a dual citizenship scheme that was available um, 
to, let's say, citizens of Ireland, uh, what you could do, or if you have, you know, immediate immigrant relatives from, let's say, another country in Europe or in Asia or somewhere like this, basically the first step would be to look at what the consulate or the embassy in that country says and see on there if there's any sort of provisions that would allow for dual citizenship if this is something you would be interested in if it is i can say for example a country like ireland runs a scheme where all of the children of anybody born in ireland until recently was considered automatically an irish citizen that's changed somewhat in the last couple of years but broadly Probably it remains the case for people that are getting uh, citizenship by descent uh, for people born in Ireland prior to the early 2000s. Uh, so that was, you know, an understandable element of that structure. But also all children born to Irish citizens overseas were also automatically considered Irish citizens. And all grandchildren born of someone who was born in Ireland overseas were entitled to obtain citizenship. So that's a scheme, let's say, is very permissive. And it's one right now that in the United States is becoming more popular because more people are learning about that fact. And so many people have a parent or grandparent here who was actually born in Ireland. Uh, mm. Another country that's fairly... <clears throat> permissive in terms of permitting a citizenship by descent is Italy. Another country like that is uh, Canada, wherein uh, recently there have been some changes. If you've seen anything about the lost Canadians, this is a group of people that previously were not entitled to Canadian citizenship and now are. So if this was something that you think you might be interested in, the first step would be to maybe, you know, consult on the website of whatever embassy or consulate it is of the country that you're interested in and in, in claiming your citizenship of. Sure. And then consulting with someone like us to see what the legal implications would be if you did take on a foreign citizenship as well. Right, right. So for those who are interested in this opportunity to become a dual citizenship, uh, what would be the benefits? What What's the takeaway? So the reason the reason people get interested in this a lot is that there are a lot of benefits to being a citizen of more than one country. Uh, number one, there's a heritage element that I think a lot of people like to, sure. you know, for mm -hmm. a uh, display. They like to show that, you know, I'm a citizen of another country because this is the country of my ancestors and I still feel a kinship with Part it. of my heritage. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. In a more practical sense, though, uh, the reason it's mostly attractive is that it entitles, uh, it would entitle you to all of the benefits of being a citizen of that country, meaning you could live and work there freely. You would be able to, you know, participate in the society on the same level as, uh, you know, quote unquote, people who are native to that country. Mm -hmm. So there's that element to it. There's an adventure element to the opportunities that would be presented there with living and working overseas. And... Sometimes, you know, even broader than what that actual destination country is, there are opportunities, say, for instance, if you were a dual citizen of a European Union country to not just work within that actual country itself, but also across the other member states of the EU. So mm -hmm. there's uh, some pretty broad reasons why it would be an attractive option for people who might want to might want to live and work overseas for a while or even permanently. Those are all ways that that would be good to become a dual citizen. In, a, in another fashion, what's something that people should look out for or take into account when they're applying for this dual citizenship? 
So if somebody if somebody is sitting with a situation and I, you know, I regret that this is a little maybe Eurocentric, but it's mm. only because that's the that's the mm. schemes in the countries that the I background. particularly know about. Mm-hmm. Sure. But um, if somebody is <clears> looking <throat> at, let's say, a parent or a grandparent that they have from, for instance, a European country and they want to assess whether or not, you know, they could be. Uh, a dual citizen of that country and want to get all those advantages that I just spoke about. You know, that's one consideration. Uh, what we would immediately recommend, though, because we work with local council partners in all of the countries uh, that this would potentially come up as an issue who could advise on the legal implications there is that there's a difference between wanting it and whether you should actually obtain it and make a claim there. Uh, the downside of dual citizenship is that not only, you know, not only do you have the good things that goes along with being attached to a foreign country and being a citizen of it, but you have all the obligations as well. Mm-hmm. Meaning if that country has, you know, if you're a young man, if that country military has, sort, yeah, service. has yeah. a military service requirement, that that's something that's going to pertain to you as well. Mm-hmm. If that country uh, observes a tax scheme uh, for which there would be uh, tax implications for its citizens, even when working abroad, that's something you would need to consider. And there are travel considerations as well. For instance, in the United States, uh, you can potentially be subject to a $10,000 fine if you are an American citizen who enters the country on a foreign passport. So there's a finesse to how you need to travel, what you need to keep watch of if you decide to make a claim to some dual citizenship uh, scheme by descent. Uh, and that's why we would always advise people to consult with us before they would take this step. It's an interesting and a cool opportunity for people to broaden what their horizons are if it's done in a smart way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you, you're kind of leading into the next question in mm-hmm. terms of who would I contact or get in contact with to help along this process? Uh, because as many, w- whether there's like legal implications, someone to really break down uh, the the advantages and also uh, what we have to take into account. So who should I get in contact with to start this process? So here at EIG, uh, not only do we do, do, are there people like me who do U.S. inbound work for people that are coming to the United States, but we also have a dedicated global team. And uh, the main crux of a lot of what the global team does is to coordinate um, global mobility issues across countries that are not the United States uh, in conjunction with a local council partners that we have there. So if you if you uh, had some information about the, your eligibility for dual citizenship of another country, or let's say you had obtained some and you know that you're going to be eligible here, what I would recommend doing is, is reaching out to our global team here who would be able to connect with a local partner in whatever the you know destination country is for the new citizen to determine whether this would be a smart move on your behalf and if it is how we go about completing that process going forward. Uh, this is what our global team does. They take into consideration nationality, uh, visa, and mobility issues across the, the world, and we have dedicated partners in any sort of country that you would be looking at obtaining citizenship in that we can refer you to. So I think that would be the first step there. And going forward, uh, you would be able to work directly through us with that team to determine if this is the right choice for you. 
For more content and immigration updates, please visit our website at eiglaw.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at EIG underscore law and our Instagram underscore EIG law to join in the conversation. Thanks for listening. See you next time.